Hey y'all, this is Kobe R. Rice back with another episode, episode number 109 to be exact, of the epic fantastical journey of a black female sci-fi writer. I am Kobe R. Rice, novelist, TV writer, screenwriter, game designer, on occasion, <laughs> not recently honestly, but on occasion, um, director, producer, aspiring slash burgeoning filmmaker, etc., etc. And this is the podcast wherein I document my journey as a black female sci-fi writer and artist as a whole. And um, for those of you who are new here, if you are new, welcome. You are coming in an interesting episode because we're at the end of 2020 um, and very much on episode 109, but welcome either way. And for those of you who are not new, thank you for coming back. Um, <laughs> it has been a while since I've been on the podcast, obviously, and between the time I started the podcast, which was a, around November 2016, and when I graduated my MFA program, which was May slash June of 2019, my updates were relatively regular, um, mostly on a weekly basis. And so it was really great being able to document all the progress I was making and the journey that I was going through etc. And I'm still doing that, but um, the updates are not as regular because I am super busy, <laughs> um, which all artists should be. Uh, no matter how aspiring, burgeoning, emerging, or established you are, um, I think documenting the journey is super important, but actually walking the journey is even more important. So if I'm not here as often as you would like, I'm sorry. It's just I'm busy walking the journey, and then when I have a moment, I catch you guys up and get you guys up to speed. So um, <clears throat> 2020, man, has been an interesting year. And I'm going to do my 2020 Creative Achievements Roundup, not this episode, but next episode. This episode is me wrapping up the creative achievements I have accomplished slash achieved for this past quarter, for Q4. So that is from October 1st all the way up to December 31st. That's the final quarter of 2020. So I'll be basically be giving you guys an update um, on what I've been doing this entire time that I have been away, okay? So uh, let's just jump into it. So um, where we last left off on the last episode of Kobe's Creative Adventures, <laughs> um, I kind of dropped the bomb and let you guys know that I opened a fashion boutique which is kind of crazy in and of itself, right? I mean, I'm a sci-fi writer, fantasy writer, dystopian writer, etc. I have a publishing press. I have a, I have a production house that we're still, I say we, like it's just like me and a whole bunch of people. But it will ultimately be a bunch of people working on our first horror film, horror TV series rather. Um, so then where did this boutique come from and how did it come just out of nowhere it actually didn't and if you check out podcast number 108 that's entitled q3 2020 creative achievements roundup plus i opened a fashion boutique yes that is the title i'll be able to explain to you how i came to that point in my journey of opening an actual boutique um so I'm not going to repeat that. You can go and watch that podcast or listen to that episode itself just to get an update. But basically, the last time I was here, I had told you about this fashion boutique. So for Q4, that was Q3. For Q4, I pretty much had established the boutique and I just let it sit and let it, I don't even know how to say, let it marinate. 
<laughs> let it ruminate in the universe. And basically, I moved, I wouldn't say away from the boutique because I still am, it's still open. It still has products. It's still doing its thing. But I had to shift my focus back to the writing for Q4. So what I focused on for Q4 was primarily novel writing and more television writing. And I'll get to the reasons around that in just a second. Um, if you guys know, you guys should know if you've been following the podcast, I am the author of the books of Ezekiel dystopian epic urban fantasy series. And it is a series that is comprised or will be comprised, excuse me, of 40 books eventually. And I am currently working on book number four. So you guys might already know um, The Given is the first book of Ezekiel. The Taken is the second book of Ezekiel. The Lock-In is the third book of Ezekiel. And the fourth book of Ezekiel is called Fraternity. So that is coming out in February of 2021. And I have been working tirelessly on that novel. So I am about 75,000 words in. It was a lot more than that, but I've been trimming back and editing as I've been writing just to make sure that the story makes sense and that I get everything in there that needs to be in there and et cetera, et cetera. It needs to be a good book and it will be a great book. I'm super excited about this book, but I'm at about 75,000 plus words and 35,000 of those words were written during Q4. So for me, that's a major achievement because that took a lot of deliberate focus of making sure my writing habit was essentially unbreakable for about two to three months straight, which is not an easy task for me because I have a whole bunch of different balls in the air and I also work a full-time job and I am a mother, as you guys know. So knocking out 35,000 words while essentially doing it all for me was like, whew, through the roof achievement. And um, I had to unfortunately take a break from fraternity. It actually was actually pretty good for my spirit to do so because whew, uh, knocking out just words day after day after day can be very exhausting. Um, but I had to take a break from it because I had a conversation with my mentor recently around November. And um, she is a mentor who is a very well-known playwright who also has some in, uh, industry experience in Hollywood as a TV writer or TV writer trainee. And she knows that one of my major massive goals in life is to be a television writer as well as eventually a TV showrunner, whether I'm working for Hollywood, a well-known mainstream studio, or I'm independent. I'm gonna be a TV showrunner regardless. And she knows that, anyone who knows me knows that, that that is my goal, that is my ultimate dream. And she basically was the catalyst telling me like, okay, Colby, you had to take a little bit of a break because you know, you wanted to focus on being a mom and getting a foundation set. I was getting my other degree. I was doing a lot of like reading and side training and all these things to prepare myself and get myself together. And now it's time, especially now that the pandemic has hit and things are shaken up and you know, things are a little bit crazy, but this is an opportune moment to do what it is you really love to do and to jump into the industry that needs a diversity of voices and authentic experiences um, just like yours. And so she's right. <laughs> it is time. And so I took her advice and I took the second half of Q4 to then work on my television writing. So I had knocked out 35,000 plus words throughout 
I would say uh, October and November. And then I, from about mid-November all the way up until today, which is Thursday, December 31st, by the way, I have been working on TV writing, just endlessly, tirelessly, day in and day out, just writing television, writing pages, editing pages, etc. And I am happy to announce that in the time of this Q4 sort of um, period, I have rewritten, almost from page one, the pilot that I had written for my master's thesis in May 2019 called When in Rome, which is, as you guys know, is a cyberpunk noir adaptation of William Shakespeare's Roman history tetralogy. Although there's like a lot of fantasy elements in it now. So maybe it's like cyber fantasy punk. I don't know what it is, but it's fire. I mean, I really enjoy it. I love this pilot to pieces. So um, yeah, and that's what I'm working on right now. I did an entire rewrite of that. And I think the rewrite is 10 times better <laughs> than the original. So that's good. And then I also wrote an animation pilot uh, that I call P.I. Sleuths, and I can say the title because I already registered it with WGA. And um, it, that particular pilot, I actually wrote um, the pilot and then I submitted the first 11 pages to my first TV writer fellowship program that I'm applying to, and I'm gonna talk about that in a second. So I rewrote When in Rome, I wrote P.I. Sleuths, and then I also worked on a TV adaptation of the books of Ezekiel series. Now, if you've been following this podcast anytime in the past year, you already know that I've been working on the TV version of books of Ezekiel, but because the books of Ezekiel is so fully fleshed out and so fully formed in my mind, and I've been working in that world for the past seven years, the world building aspect of designing a television series for that was a lot easier because it's already been created. The TV pilot itself is just me transcribing the first, uh, probably half, honestly, like the first few chapters or so um, of The Given into a pilot episode that makes sense. And just as an FYI, even though it was a lot easier for me to do so because I'm basing it off of an adaptation of my own novel series, novels and television are not the same. So don't just assume that I'm just taking all the dialogue and everything that happens in the books and just throwing it into a TV pilot script. Mm -mm. It does not work that way. Um, it's very hard for it to work that way. And you do have to write your TV pilot as though it is going to be shot for television. And that means a lot of cutting out of certain parts of the novel, a lot of shoring up the dialogue, turning um, you know, action scenes into actual scenes using imagery and creating a visualization of this world, of these characters, but then also making sure that your story is snappy, your story has a great pace, and your dialogue is on point. And, you know, novelists, we can tend to lounge a little bit when we're building out a scene and building in dialogue and dialogue starts way earlier than it should and ends a lot later than it should. Whereas in television, a scene should never really ever last any more than two minutes, three max, if something is really, really popping off, like a fight scene or what have you. Um, and even then, like that scene is broken up sometimes into like smaller separate scenes that interplay with other scenes. So it's like 
this is not to say that you can't translate what you're using as a novelist into a television uh, medium and vice versa, because I do believe that there can be a lot of overlap and there should be a lot of overlap, especially if you're a cinematic storyteller like myself, because I like my novels to be cinematic as well. But don't make the mistake of assuming that novels and television are exactly the same. They are not. <laughs> okay. Um, so that is also something I worked on during Q4. I worked on developing the pilot and writing the actual pilot pages for the first TV episode of what would be the Books of Ezekiel series in television format. So <laughs> that's a novel. And that is three pilots, y'all, that I worked on. Um, one of which is uh, complete, like fully complete. I'm just editing another of which I need to like do a lot more with. That's P.I. Sleuths. Um, and then the last of which is at like the halfway finishing point at this point. So that is what I was doing this entire Q4. And it was really fun and liberating. I mean, of course, there were some stressful aspects of it being that, you know, writing is not always a walk in a park and it's not always roses and daisies, but what can you do? Either way, it was still really fun. And it's amazing how you can get so easily swept up into your world as a writer, which was really helpful for me um, in terms of dealing with, you know, the fallout of COVID-19 for this year, um, the pandemic and the quarantine overall, and all the strain that it's honestly put on the institutions and relationships at the macro, meso, and micro level. Um, writing has been a wonderful escape for me and has been my rock, as it usually is, as it always has been ever since I picked up the pen at 10 years old. So, um, that was super fun. The other thing I wanna tell you is that in addition to writing all of these TV scripts, which I'm still working on, I also submitted my very, very first application to my TV writer fellowship like list. And um, that application was to the Sesame Street Writers Workshop, which I am super excited about. And I really hope I get in. I mean, you know, you just never know what happens, but I love the pilot I submitted for it. The pilot I submitted was P.I. Sleuths, and I think it's so cute. I love the concept. It's franchisable. You can generate, like, literally, like, thousands, thousands. When I say thousands of episodes, you can generate thousands of episodes if you wanted to for this pilot. Um, that's, that's, to me, that's how franchisable the idea is. And I think it overall can be very educational in a certain area for many kids um, you know, of middle age and under, and, uh, sorry, a middle school age and under, <laughs> or the big middle-aged kids like myself. Um, and I also believe that it teaches a lot of moral lessons in terms of what makes a good human being and what makes a person courageous and how to stand up in a world that has a completely different perspective on things than you do. So I think that that's always a really valuable experience. So that was the first thing that I did after I was done with all of my writing. And then the second thing that I did, or that I'm doing actually, is submitting the next round of applications for the TV Writing Fellowships. Um, so the next one that's actually coming up that I have to submit and that I'm actually working on right now 
is the Circle of Confusions Writers Discovery Fellowship. I think that's the title of it. And I love Circle of Confusion. Um, they have so many amazing, amazing projects under their belt that are completely up my alley and are completely within my wheelhouse as a sci-fi fantasy kind of noirish writer. And um, it is a fellowship that is, uh, again, geared specifically towards giving writers of color who you know have what it takes and who have the chops and who need to just be trained more, giving them the opportunity to be developed by people in the industry. And I'm really excited about it. I don't exactly know how all the selection processes work, but I am really proud of the work that I'm submitting to these um, organizations and to these fellowships. So if for nothing else, at the end of this whole process, which will last between now and the end of May, I will not only have, one, had the experience of preparing applications for TV writer fellowships, which is a valuable experience in and of itself, in my opinion, but two, I'll have a bunch of very polished, well done, well thought out, comprehensive pilots under my belt. And the wonderful thing about all of that is not only that I will have officially sort of introduced myself to the industry through the fellowships and also through contests that I plan on entering, but if I'm not accepted to any of these programs, it doesn't mean that I failed in my creative endeavors because these pilots, one, need to be written anyway, and two, I feel as though whether the industry acknowledges my presence, so to speak, I'm going to use that very lightly, or not, I'm still claiming my identity as a TV showrunner, or at least a TV showrunner in training. And I'll get to why I say that in just a second. But the third reason is that um, it allowed me to put into practice everything I have been studying and reading and just exercising by putting me into that crucible of, okay, you have this material, you have this pilot, you need to get this amount of pages out and done and polished and ready within a certain time, which is exactly what you have to do as a TV writer. And there's no better education in the field of TV writing or in your education than actually doing the thing. So um, the actual execution of writing a TV pilot and TV Bible from beginning to end, that is the education. Um, reading books is great. Taking classes is great. Doing workshops is great. I love, love, love all of that stuff. But the real tests and the real sort of educate, I keep saying education, but the real um, edification and externalization of your skills, in my opinion, comes with the actual doing of the thing. My thing that I want to do is to do the thing with other professionals who are better than me and who are actually working so that I get an even better education and get molded. That's what I want to do. But thus far, for those three reasons, I will be very satisfied with having finished my applications and submitting them so that um, I give myself a shot <laughs> to get trained by the best in the industry. And I give my skills a shot to be manifested outside of my brain, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, I get to test my own might. I get to learn 
by doing. And then I also have a wonderful portfolio of TV pilots that are not wasted. I can still pitch to people in the industry. I can still look for managers and agents. I can still submit to contests. I can still have them from my own production company. Let's say no one ever wants to look at any of my pilots or buy them or pick them up and they don't care. Okay, that's great. I can just produce them through Rubber Ragdoll Productions when we have the money to do so. And that's how I think as an indie artist. I'm going to be an artist, like I said before, I'm going to be a TV showrunner, whether the industry acknowledges me or trains me in that or not. Um, and so I just wanted to make a point coming back to that original point about TV showrunning. For those of you who are novelists at heart, right, and um, you're thinking about breaking into the industry as a TV writer or as a screenwriter, I recommend television. I love television. I think that's really where a lot of the wonderful stories are getting told personally. Um, if you're thinking about doing that, do it. I believe in my spirit after having gone through this process and as I continue to go through this process of adaptation, adapting my novels into um, TV series or adapting my novel ideas into TV series ideas and vice versa, I believe that novelists who have or seek to obtain a cinematic education are automatically going to be better creative producers. I say this again, I have to be careful because I don't want to be too presumptuous because I'm not in the industry. But for example, where one TV writer who doesn't write any novels ever might find it difficult to create an entire world with characters, with plots that intertwine, with twists, with backstories, and who just don't have that training in creating cultures and in world building, novelists, this is what we do for a living. This is literally what we do, especially if you're a sci-fi, fantasy, horror novelist, and especially if you're used to writing series, okay? You're used to writing characters with flaws and wounds and quirks. You're used to trying to channel a character um, through his own experience, and you're used to finding a voice for that character, you're used to having to plan out your series far in advance so that book number one, you know, a, a, a plot plant that you put in book number one makes sense by book number 10. This is what we do. At least this is what good novelists do. That's, you know, um, we build series, we build franchises, we build brands, we figure out what our audience wants and we give them the same but different. We know how to speak to our niches. We know how to build worlds and and do plot twists and, and things of that nature. The only thing that we're missing is the actual training in the television medium. But if you're asking me as a novelist who has like literally 50 series that she wants to write on her project slate, if you're asking me to come up with a TV series with five seasons, a cast of characters, multiple worlds, interesting ass-kicking plots and twists and turns and stuff like my if you ask me to do that my only response to you is okay i have these 50 which one do you want <laughs> you know what i'm saying and that's the gangsterness i think in being a novelist is that you're automatically kind of a showrunner but just in a different medium and that's why i claim the title of showrunner so easily and so quickly because whether or not 
my PI Slews pilot gets made or my When in Rome pilot gets bought or the Ezekiel pilot gets even looked at, the books of Ezekiel, that whole series already exists, whether it's made into television or not. So the world is going to get the vision. The question is, are the bigwigs in Hollywood going to be sagacious enough to jump on the train before it takes off? Okay, I'm going, that's okay. All right, that's enough. I'm just, <laughs> I pat myself on the back a little bit too much here. But I say that only semi-facetiously. Um, but I, to a certain degree, like I, I am serious about that in the sense that I think novelists are really well-trained in terms of creative producing, in keeping the voice of a story, keeping a story together and cohesive, building a story out over multiple books slash seasons, okay? Because as far as I'm concerned, each book that I write or each set of books that I write within a series for me is a season um, and of television. And so in terms of keeping the story on track and being, as they say, the shepherd of the story, we got that on lock over several books, over several seasons. Like I said, the only thing we're missing is the training in the actual medium of television. So if you're a novelist watching this, you have a lot of different serious ideas, you're good at world building, you're good at designing characters, and you are uh, you know, working on your series now, why not adapt that into a pilot? Figure out what's been done in the industry and what hasn't been done and find a really sexy liminal space that you can fit in that belongs to you specifically that only you can write and blow people away with your stories. So that's all I have to say about that. That's my PSA. Quickly, I'm going to get back into the other things that I've done for Q4, then I'm going to sign off, okay? So I also did a lot of series development, okay? Again, show running in the novel world, all right? Um, and I developed the series for Asylum, the, this, the, the Asylum series, excuse me, that you guys know I'm working on. And the plan right now, even though this is sort of going into a different podcast, the plan right now is to release the first book of the Asylum series by the end of 2021. I mean, literally by December 2021, I want to be releasing Sodom, which is book one of the Asylum series. And um, so I've been working on that this year, just developing that sort of behind the scenes. I also have been working on the book number five of the book of Books of Ezekiel series, Hollow Point, which is called Hollow Point, excuse me. Um, what else have I been doing? There's something else here that I'm, I'm looking at that I'm missing. Um, oh, I also, because I am like, I can't help thinking about TV writing from a creative standpoint and a logical, scientific, mathematical standpoint. I also created a bunch of editing tools that I use in order to edit my TV pilots now. And basically it is like a scene measurer. I don't even know what to call it, but basically I use it to edit character arcs and I use it to get a bird's eye view of how long each scene is in my pilot and how many scenes each character has in my pilot and how long each act is in my pilot and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you can mix and match, you know, quantity with the actual variable you're trying to look at. Um, 
but it's really important to me to kind of get some mathematical symmetry when it comes to the length of act one versus two, three, four, and five, because I, I write in five act segments. And then um, knowing like how many scenes each character appears in is very important because if your main character is only appearing in three scenes, but a side character is appearing in 10, that's a problem, right? So I get a bird's eye view of that. And um, just creating these editing tools is allowing me to edit my pilot from multiple standpoints, which has made my pilot stronger. So I spent a lot of time creating these editing tools and an editing checklist for my pilot. And having said that, let me actually grab a quick uh, resource for you guys. Hold on. Okay, so a lot of my checklist, not all of it, but a lot of it came right out of this book. Your Screenplay Sucks by William M. Akers, or Akers, I'm not sure. But Your Screenplay Sucks, 100 Ways to Make It Great by William M. Akers. I find his advice, at least up until like point number 50, super helpful. I mean... Just like three points alone helped me to knock so many pages off of my script. And I highly recommend that you get this and use this as your editing Bible. Don't really read it, in my opinion, until after you've written your pilot <laughs> and you've gotten all the things that you want to say in your pilot and then read his book and then tear your pilot apart because what he says is wonderful. Highly recommended. I'm still getting through it, but I based a lot of my checklist on his checklist. Um... The other half of my checklist is just stuff that I personally look for in scripts as a dramaturg and as a script development assistant, as I have been both in the past. And so it's not like I'm, I'm not like Jen Grisanti level where I've, I've read thousands of scripts, but I've read enough to sort of know the things that I personally feel make a good script versus not so good of a script. And I'm sure that will change the more experience I get, but getting still, I made editing tools and they are great. Um, and that's pretty much all I've done for Q4. I mean, I did focus a lot more on health and wellness, which is good, taking care of my health and my psyche, my emotional well-being, um, which is great. Definitely have been engaging in some, um, how do you say, like spiritual and emotional, how do you say, um, the word is right on the edge of my tongue have definitely been engaging in a lot more spiritual and emotional compartmentalization. That's what I meant to say. And that has been very helpful for me in terms of keeping things that are toxic or negative or just not healthy away from my healthy, happy, creative, loving, bubbly side. And it's been working very well. So I'm happy about that. Um, I also did a lot of reading and um, a couple of classes but not that many I did like one little webinar which I didn't even really like that much so I'm not going to really tell you the title because if I don't have anything good to say I'm not going to say anything at all um but it was about how to finance your film and I just I didn't vibe with it and it just felt like a little too salesy like give me some meat and some information first and then sell me on your product but like you know don't make the webinar the sales pitch that's really frustrating for me but the books that I did love, um, this is one of them. Your screenplay sucks, as I said. But I didn't finish reading it, so I didn't put it on my list of things that I've read. Because I only do that for books that I finished. Books that I finished that I love, that I highly recommend. 
Deep work by Cal Newport. The work was deep for Q4, okay? When I was deep in fraternity, I was deep in it. Then when I was deep in when in Rome and still am, I'm deep in it. And that's all I focus on until I am done or I'm ready to switch or I have to switch, okay? Um, his other book, So Could, So Could, So Good, They Can't Ignore You. Great, excellent book. Um, I didn't ride or vibe or jive with every single little thing, but overall, I like the message, okay? Chooseify, one of the best books, sorry, Chooseify, Choose F-I, excuse me, Your Blueprint to Financial Independence by Chris Mamula, Bra Barrett, and Jonathan Mendonca. This book was incredible, and it actually helped me to validate and externalize a lot of things I'd been feeling as a person, as a woman, as a mother, as a professional, and as an artist who wants to own, manage, and um, grow and evolve her own creative business. So I highly recommend it, honestly. Just read it. I'm not even going to really tell you too much about it, but it is about changing your mindset so that you can become financially independent and build a flexible life around the things you love to do. And it's not a bunch of schmaltzy, you know, platitudes that just say, follow your dreams and life will just be great and everything will be wonderful. That's not what they're saying. Actually, in a lot of their advice, not all of it, they sometimes recommend that you stay with your annoying, boring job as long as you make a lot of money, but they tell you how to use the money so that you can get out of that boring, annoying job earlier than you would have that you would have originally planned. You know what I'm saying? So for those of you, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to work at a full-time job in a corporation, they just teach you how to better personalize your life around what it is you want and you value. And I loved it. I loved it so much that I bought the paperback and that I'm reading it again. So Highly recommended. I'll put it in the links below if you want to go read it yourself. And then, of course, I also read Getting It Right, um, An Insider's Guide to a Screenwriting Career, I think it's called, by Lee Jessup. And that was really wonderful and amazing. And she has a lot of amazing gems. And I'm probably going to get some coaching from her in 2021. And I'm just trying to figure out what kind of coaching I need. There are a lot of services that I think she offers that are fantastic and amazing, but also certain things that she um, guides you through that I already do on my own in terms of goal setting, deadline setting, chunking bigger projects and bigger deadlines to smaller milestones, etc. So I think I have to just be judicious about which package I want to choose if I've already gotten certain basic things down pat. Yet and still, I am so excited to work with her if I can, if I if my money is right. <laughs> That's the big thing. And um, I guess lastly, in terms of since I brought up the Rebel Ragdoll Boutique, um, like I said, that's still in existence. It's still going on. I'm going to focus more on its growth in 2021, probably as of late spring, early summer. Um, and that's for a bunch of different reasons that I won't get into on this podcast. I'm going to get into on the 2021 Goals podcast. But in short, I have decided to, decided to hire some help because I just, I can't do it all on my own. And I don't want to do it all on my own, honestly. But um, for Q4, I basically grew my inventory. So I'm super excited about that. The clothes are cute, y'all. They're just so cute. 
and they're gonna have the rebel rag doll label inside of it um inside of the whole like all the dresses and the cute little tops and it's going to be rebel rag doll branded so i'm really excited about that and i also started the work of opening rebel rag doll beauty which again is going to happen more late spring early summer but I did get my first order of branded cosmetics. As a matter of fact, let me show you. It's so cute. Where is it? Okay. The one thing that I want to do, which I probably will before I sell, is that I'm going to have the actual logo branded onto the box or have, have the box of this li lovely lip plumper designed with the Rebel Ragdoll brand but i do want to show you the actual cosmetic itself as i said it's a lip plumper it comes in different flavors right now i'm offering cinnamon and vanilla and boop. can you guys see it maybe you can see it better let's see so for those of you who are watching the video version of this You'll be able to see me flaunting this wonderful lip plumper with my logo on it, the Rebel Ragdoll logo. Let me put it closer to the camera. Isn't it cute? I'm so excited. So in Q4, I did get back my first inventory of Rebel Ragdoll beauty products, but we're not opening until, like I said, late spring, early summer. Because realistically, I do want to spend the next five months primarily focused on um, getting my TV pilots written because there are more to write and getting the current ones edited and polished. I want to get training from some of the more um, prominent and I guess well-known script consultants in the industry, not because I really want their clout, but I want their expertise and their knowledge and I hear good things. So I'll probably be getting some training, hopefully, from like Lee Jessup and Jen Grisanti. That's my plan because they are amazing, strong, fantastic women who know their stuff. And things like Rebel Ragdoll Beauty will definitely still be in play, just not until I'm done with getting my TV writing stuff together, which will be by the end of May. And then, of course, in preparation for the launch of Fraternity, in February of 2021, I was working on my marketing. So I have the next book for fraternity, um, next book cover, excuse me, for fraternity. It is done. It is fire. It is creepy and amazing and dystopian. And I love it. And I love my cover designer. He is amazing. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. But I'm not doing a reveal until about mid-January, early January. So if you want to see a cover reveal of the fourth book of Ezekiel, join my mailing list. I'll put the link down below for you. And um, I set the pre-orders up and I started working on the marketing for the book launch. So that is basically what has been going on for Q4, y'all. It's been extremely busy in addition to doing my theater teaching, <laughs> which takes up a lot of time, lesson planning, you know, being a homeroom teacher, being an advisor to 15 kids, and also, of course, being a mom. But that's basically what's been going on, y'all. Um, I will see you guys in the next episode, which is going to be episode 110. We get to end the year on episode 110. That is going to wrap up the entire year 
of 2020. So of course, we'll be talking about everything that's happened over the past four quarters, but also we'll be talking about just the lessons I have personally learned throughout this pandemic and even without the pandemic that I probably would have learned throughout the other events of this year. So that's going to be a really interesting roundup. I hope that a lot of you are also documenting what you've learned from 2020, if anything, and um, are despite all of the hardships and death, frankly, because that's what's been happening and the struggle. I hope that you are able to find some sunshine and some silver lining in your life as people, as fathers, as mothers, as daughters, as sons, as family members, as friends. Um, and of course, I hope you're able to find some silver lining as artists. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Until then, right on, rock on, keep it indie, and I'll see you guys, I guess, soon. <laughs> Bye.